0: hey y'all Keisha and Taylor here before we get into the podcast we want to invite you to SFL conference on July 22nd and 23rd registration is open but
1: spots are limited this year so be sure to register today just follow the link in the description for more information
0: oh okay we did a lot of bantering before, but I really feel uh, overwhelmed right now. Is a good way to put it. Why? I don't know we both said come in here. I was so happy when you said I feel really relaxed, and I said <laughs> okay, good, because I was thinking I wanted to wear my PJs down here to do uh-huh. this because just I needed to just decompress yeah. after
1: the hectic
0: weekend, weekend week. Yeah. <clears throat> And what's funny is I really feel like this is decompression for me. Yeah. Because it's just us, and we're just chatting. It feels like coffee with friends.
1: It is coffee with friends, except for I don't have coffee.
0: Oh, man. Darn. You'll have to get some after. Yes. But, um, no, we're just in – honestly, we're in full swing like we always are and just getting ready to leave to go out of town. And I was telling – like I was telling you before – we got a puppy
1: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's so funny to watch Keisha with a puppy
0: yeah okay so things you
1: never thought you'd see exactly Keisha with a puppy Keisha excited about the puppy
0: I am how long did you
1: how long were you excited
0: I mean, I am still excited. She really is like a... Okay, so let's just clear the air here. I'm not a dog person. I'm not either, so I'm not going to judge. So people don't judge me, but I just don't
1: love dogs. So here's how I (laughs) always explain it. You're like a dog person or a people person, and I always used to tell people I would take 10 kids before I would take one dog. And it's not that I don't like dogs. I don't like the chores that come with dogs. Exactly.
0: So Heather, a friend of mine, and said that she said I don't think it's that you don't love dogs I don't think that you love the work that comes with mm. dogs and I was like yes I would rather do the work for kids the added stress the added um and that's that's what that's what it's been I'm still excited about her and I told I was telling what's someone, her name her name is Ray Ray what is she she is a Catahoula and she's beautiful she is absolutely gorgeous she's got I, like a pretty spotted hmm. They call them uh, For, Merle's. Oh, okay. They call them Merle's. She's got one, one really pretty blue eye. But um, I was laughing because um, a friend of mine, we were talking and I said, God had to give me a grade a excellent dog or he knew <laughs> I would be out. <laughs> and so she really is grade a she's had a few accidents, typical puppy stuff. But other than that, she's very smart, but she's a lot of work. She is. <laughs> I hope I didn't allow the enemy a seat at my table. <laughs> <laughs> you, have more to, <laughs> you have to take a stock of that regularly. <laughs> yes, Lord, did I take on more I could than I could chew? But I'm excited about yeah. this one. So, with
1: that, we are going to be talking about a Bible study that we did with our church recently, and it was called "Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table." And um, at the very beginning of the year, whenever Keisha and I were trying to plan uh we came she had come across this book and honestly like just even in the title you're like oh
0: yes I have <laughs> that to read would that be great you have to say who wrote it because we have to give him credit but Louis I can't Giglio Lou
1: Louie Giglio and Louie Giglio is out of Atlanta he does um the big passion conferences sweet yeah that, like Sadie Robertson speaks at
0: and stuff I, I stumble oh. past his name every single time but we had to give him credit the book is absolutely amazing and um I had ordered the book for me to just read on my right. own and then I realized that um it had a study with it and I was like oh because we had done a group study with the women in our church last year and they loved it. Yeah. And so I was like we need to do something like that again. And so I was kind of digging and looking. And when I found that that book had a study, I was like, that's it. Yeah. And so it was a six week study that we did with the ladies in our church on Monday nights. And um, I took a lot from it. Yeah. A lot. I did too.
1: And I'll tell you this from the very beginning, I kind of have this like mindset where I'm like, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Okay. That's all I need to know. <laughs> like, I've read the book. That's what it felt like. Like, yeah. I didn't need to dive into that because that blurb was enough yeah like to just remind you but what I really liked about this book was that um in the first chapter when he because when you think the words don't give the enemy a seat at your table like you already have like a like an idea of what that might look like yeah and I'm thinking it looks like anger it looks like frustration it looks like um exploding and blowing up at somebody like it looks like those kind of things maybe And then what I liked about it was the example that he gave in the very first chapter about how he came to those words, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. It was through a text message with a friend. And what he had done was that he had been in this, like, attack because, you know, people had been assassinating his character and things like that. And then it came out that those people were, like, immoral or something yeah he, he doesn't say what happens but he uh, but something came out about those people and their background and he had sent a really long text message to a friend feeling vindicated you know yeah. so he he sends this message to this friend and he's kind of like ha huh, you know I look it feels Agree like it me. feels like retribution yes. be- retribution because he feels vindicated for having been attacked when it's you know that saying give them enough rope they'll hang themselves yes. And he was kind of gloating in the fact that they had now hung themselves and that's when his f- friend sent back don't give the enemy a seat at your table and that stopped me in my tracks because I was like we don't think about that yep. mindset as being a space in which the enemy occupies. Yeah. That I'm happy that you failed. Exactly. I'm happy that you just face planted because you deserve to face plant. Yeah. And that, to to gloat in something like that, the enemy's uh, got a seat at your table because that's not the heart of God. Yeah. And so when you think about that it sort of opened up the world for me to be like, okay, how many other ways have I
0: given the enemy a seat at my table? And didn't even recognize it. Right. Didn't even recognize he was sitting there. And what I loved about the video studies, um... Because each section came with a uh, video, about a 30-minute video uh, to show at the class. And in his video, he literally created the table, yeah. a table in front of his session with like extravagant food yeah. and and two chairs. Yeah. And that visual, like, visualization mm. <laughs> was so big to me because, um, and then if, I remember now in the first section, I had did that at the front of the church. And as a visualization of having a table with two seats and it's supposed to just be you and God and your time together and, um, and and we'll get there. But that visualization, um, was so good, but my aha moment, I would say through this whole session, I had two, but the very first session, it was the most impactful for me. And it was what you said that you was for yeah. you too. And I feel like everybody after that right. session was like a slap in the face. Right. Like that took my, it just wiped my feet out from underneath me right. was the fast food. Don't fast food Jesus. Yes. And it was that he had prepared that visualization and with all the extravagant food and everything you could ever want and then he did the whole visualization of having his phone and and having everything ready. Yeah, like he was uh, Instagramming the table. Yes. And, oh, man,
1: my followers are going to love this. And then yes. he's like, all right, let me grab this biscuit and I got to run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, I'll catch you next time. Yeah. And he said, we fast food Jesus. We and, do. And he prepares a table for us because he wants to dine with us. Yeah. He wants to conversate with us. You, I mean, eating a meal with someone is a, is a pretty intimate thing to do if you sit down and think about it, if you do yeah. it you know, the way that God has intended in this verse. And we come in and we're like, well, let me just hit the highlights, do my devotional. I'm going to read through it just to say, check, I've done it. But yep. I didn't really meditate on anything that, yep. I, that I read. I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask God, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me. What's in this you yeah know i didn't I didn't sit and conversate, I fast food God, yeah, I just did a drive by,
0: and that has been such a realization for me that I think about that every morning now, yeah, that like, hey, sit down and right. really enjoy what God has, has prepared here. And he got that scripture or he got know, this whole idea. Say. We, say, we, we have tell to tell it this
1: where this. it's co- coming yeah. from.
0: We keep talking about this table. Yeah. So Psalms 23, five in the word says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. We've heard that right. a thousand times. So in case you don't know, Psalms 23
1: is is the one that comes from in the, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're that you're whole able. thing. Yeah, is Psalms twenty five through twenty three, and then it
0: says, "He prepares a table for me." Yeah, in the presence, in the presence of my enemies. enemies. And I love how we'll get there, but he goes into why who wants to who wants to dine in front of their enemies, right? But then, like, I just love the whole to the
1: visualization of a table, and I'm a very visualized Mm -hmm. visual person, same, and it helps me even just in my personal prayer time to like stop. And then I even try to, this might be a little bit silly, but I try to visualize what I'm, I'm praying to God and I'm like trying to visualize that. And I know, obviously we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what the throne room of heaven looks like, but I try to visualize something magnificent, Mm -hmm. you know, and what it does for me because I'm so visual is it really puts my um, puts me into perspective of I'm not just saying empty words. I'm talking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. You know, my words need to, they need to be reverent. And um, when he says that about he prepares a table and having, having actually prepared one for the video, it made me go in my prayer time, I want to visualize if God set a table for Taylor. Mm-hmm. What would that table look like? And I think about all the Pinterest things that I see. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like all the friends sitting around and it's like, is your table really formal? Is your table kind of boho? Like yeah. what's what's the atmosphere that God has prepared for you yeah. in the midst of chaos? You I know? love that.
0: What is your peace?
1: Yeah. And I like yeah. that because I'm thinking, you know, your table is going to be very personal to you yeah. because God is that good. Yeah. Like he's trying to reach Keisha. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to just do a generic thing. And so when I'm sitting down in my personal prayer time, that's ha- That's kind of one reason. Those are the things like you can exercise hearing from God. I'm asking the Holy
0: Spirit, what's this table look like? Yeah. You wow, know? that's so good. Yeah. And it's just like, like you just said, it's personal for you. So when you sit down and you open your word and you open your devotionals, it's personal for you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting for you. You're, you know, and, and and maybe for others as well, but. Well, it'll be for others. Through you. Through you. Exactly. They're going to get something
1: because you've got something. And that's one of the mysteries of the gospel and of the kingdom. That's so beautiful. How God inter- intertwines all of us together.
0: Yeah. Well, and the not so fun part, or the let's get to the the tactics of the enemy, right. and how in the world does he end up at our table? Yeah. That chapter was also very Ooh, good. I thought that was. One was so good. It was so good because um, what it did for me personally was now I recognize him. Right. I'm like, uh-uh, nope nope, yeah. I'm not pulling. You're not pulling up a chair here.
1: Right. You're not welcome here. <laughs>
0: you're not welcome in my thoughts. You're not welcome in my you home. You can't
1: sit with us. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know. And, you can um, be
1: that way to the enemy, and not only can you, you should be. Exactly. So the first thing we should say about that chapter specifically is to know your enemy. Yes, and he is not. Your mother-in-law yeah. <laughs> He is not uh, yeah. you your know, husband. Right. He's, he's not those people.
0: He's not a puppy.
1: Right. <laughs> he's not your kids. Your enemy is this, the powers and the principalities of the heavenly realms. Yeah. You are not at war with flesh and blood. Yes. And it's so important that we know that I had an, a conversation while we were going through this study And it was shortly after that chapter. And, um, we had been hearing that blurb a lot. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And this person was talking to me about politics and they were saying like they had this real righteous indignation for like what's happening in the world and in culture. And that, that's not wrong, but they were very, very like, just, they just seemed angry. And, um, they, they were act. They were. They had this i like this look about them, like they wanted to go turn tables over and stuff like that. And um, they said, "We just can't give the enemy a seat at our table." And I was like, "The Holy Spirit um, immediately had me right back. Who are you mad at?" Because it was like, "Are you mad at that political person,
0: mm-hmm. or are
1: you mad at the true source of power?" That's that's happening right now. Like, if you're mad at the person and you want to say negative things about this person, then the enemy's probably out. You're at your table already, and you need to tell him to get up. Yeah. And that kind of um, made me go, okay. How many of us have been sitting here dining
0: with the enemy and we didn't even know it? Didn't even know he was sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good visualization of like he's been hanging out, and now you've gotten comfortable with him being there. And that's your norm. Right. So you don't even know to kick him out. One of the things it said was ways to keep you away from your own table.
1: Right. And that wow. was
0: uh, distractions. Yeah. And that's a big one for me. It is a constant struggle. And... Um, Distractions for me, obviously, are our work, homeschool, um, our schedule, and being out of town, and uh, ministry, you know, ministry. You know, preparing for podcast, and I know that sounds weird, but like sitting down and preparing for a podcast to me, is not my time with Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah. totally separate. It is, it is. <laughs> it does. Like, I did this <clears throat> last night, but that didn't fulfill me in what I need right now. You, And that's such a good
1: point, especially for anybody that's out there um, that does have to prepare yes. like, ministry-type things and messages. If If the only thing you're taking in is what you're also going to be giving out, that's um, an off balance thing. You need to have a personal time yep. and then a study time so that's good. separate because if not, also you don't have anything to pull from. Exactly. Like if I'm not in my personal time, yep. I may, I may get a message for six weeks down the road in my personal time, but I'm preparing a message for tomorrow. Yeah. You know,
0: that no, that's so good. That was free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no. I, and then the other thing he talked about was ways to get at your table yeah, and um, the big one that spoke to me on that was lies. Right, because he
1: said one of the ways that you might know that the enemy's already been there, and it was like a bullet point, and it was the lies that you believe. Yeah, about yourself, about yourself, yep. about other Others. people. Yep. I know one of the ones that stood out to me was the one where he said, um, "If you are the type of person that just always believes that everybody hates you, like." My my boss doesn't really like me Or they're out to get me Like that kind of thing That was one of the lies um, I can't think of the other ones But
0: I mean I had my own Worthless Yeah Worthless Feeling yeah. inadequate Feeling like I right. wasn't worthy You know I don't deserve so, a seat at this table Exactly You yeah. know Or why would he want to sit with me And yeah. that is such a lie Or I've know? lost
1: I've I've done too much And I don't Yeah I can't come to this table it. anymore yeah.
0: And, um, it was just a way of rec- helping recognize yeah. where I thought, you know, that was just, co- that was me. That was common. That was, yeah. um, but no, that is the enemy right. coming against me, putting those things on me that don't belong, yeah. you know? And so, uh, that really spoke to me even in some things that I was going through at that time, you know, but also just the enemy having you believe lies about God, right? And that to me was like a, to believe that he doesn't want to sit with you. Right. To have them have, you know, have the enemy make you believe lies that, that you're not good enough to sit with God or Mm -hmm. that he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel like you're worthy.
1: Yeah. You know, and those um, are lies. I always have this like, um, comparison that if you came to me, this has happened before that somebody has come to me and said to me, Hey, Kobe said this. And what they said was not a bad thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was gossiping or anything like that. They were actually being complimentary of the thing that Kobe, quotation marks, air quotes, said. And um, when they told me what it was, I, it didn't sit right with me. I was like, mm-hmm. well, it's not bad, but also that doesn't sound like Kobe. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't sound like something he would say. And so I asked him about it. He goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, God. That person was told by another person that he said this. And I was like, you didn't like just, and I went through the list of like, well, maybe you didn't know that you had given this person that impression. And he was like, no, (laughs) I didn't, nothing about that story happened. And I remember being like, wow. And what it showed me was that you can't lie to me about Kobe because I know him so well. Yep. that I automatically knew when they said, Kobe said this, that Kobe didn't say that. Oh man, that's good. And here's what people do yeah. with God, the enemy. We haven't spent our time at the table. Yep. We don't know what kind of food is prepared yep. at this table. Yep. So they could be like, do you know that God, he just is, a, he's got a table of like ramen noodles and you've never even been to the table. So you don't even know oh, that it's like a Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And be- but here's what happens is like you believe lies about somebody you don't know. Yep. And so the more time you spend with God, the less able the enemy is able to lie to you about God because you know him. Yeah. You're like, oh, God, God doesn't feel that way because yeah. I know him.
0: Yeah. And you can fight back with the word that right. you're
1: getting at the table. And that's the only way that you're going to Absolutely. know God. I, I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying that you're going to like get in to know God just by I mean, if all you ever do is pray, you're you're going to be severely off balance. I know, and I the f- word,
0: yeah, and I feel like this culture needs to hear that because this culture, I feel like, is really big into podcasts and books right, and, and 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 um, every other way to try to get the word away from the word,
1: right? Getting in the word and exactly.
0: Then. And so, um, podcasts are great and we thank you for your support Yeah. and books are great. I've read a many of them that have Mm -hmm. changed my life, but there's nothing that compares to opening the physical touchable, get your Bible, open the word of God, get your notes out and spend time in that because that's where your life changes.
1: Uh, John Bevere says you hunger for what you feed on. Yeah. And I think that that's also good because if you're constantly feeding on a diet of fast food and, you know, processed and all that kind of stuff, that's what you're going to hunger for. But if you start feeding on healthy things, Mm -hmm. your body's going to crave that. And it's not going to crave that disgusting stuff anymore. And uh, the same is true in the word. You're not going to wake up tomorrow. I mean, you might for a short time have a hunger to read the word of God. But probably when you come to it, it's going to be like just weird words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're there. You're going to have to spend time in it and then you hunger for it. And so don't just like give it, you know, two days and then be like, Oh, well this isn't doing anything for me. You got yeah. to, I was telling a friend of mine recently, like if you want to change your mindset, you got to spend time in the word every day. Yep. I heard this, um, I'm going to butcher this because I wasn't prepared to say it, but it's so cool. It was a study done by a um, scientist who was studying neurology, and he had a bunch of mice, he was a Christian, so he had a bunch of mice, and he was doing different types of studies, and he had one study where he had a something in the middle and like a line around the edge of this box. And every time the mice would get past that line, he would, like, zap them. And then um, so they got to where the mice were trained to just walk in this circle around the edge of this box. And what had happened was he got it. He took out the zap and the mice were still afraid to walk across the line because mm-hmm. they had been trained that way. And then what they found was that their kids, like their the, offspring, Would also do that too, even though they had never ever even experienced the zap. Uh They were, they still had the same fear that their parents had. So he was talking about like generational, we call them generational curses, curses. but they're actually like it's like science. It it comes through, through, there's a word for it. I don't know, but it comes in your like genetics. And then they said that what they did with the offspring mice was that they played different kinds of um, music and whatnot and for one group of mice they would they would play the word of God. They had it on audio bible and they would keep it on repeat. And they said that the only group of mice that changed their behavior was the one that had the audio bible on repeat. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that
0: wild? <laughs> that is wild.
1: Okay, so that like I say it's it's a it's a butchering of that scientific study. But that was the whole purpose was that the word of God is that powerful. Yeah. To
0: change the lies that you have believed generationally. You know what I got from that when you were saying that was you have to think that the 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 offspring were watching their parents. Yeah. And their habits and what they done. And so if they were making the circles that's what they did because that's what their parents did you Mm -hmm. know. And so it's like what you do daily, your parents are, I mean, your offspring is watching you right. and your habits and how you do oh, things and, and how are you responding to things? Are you spending time in your work? Right. If that's what you want your kids to do and that's what you expect to from them, you do it. are you doing it?
1: Right. They need to yeah. know that you're not fast fooding God.
0: Exactly. Man, but that's it was cool. so
1: good because then they I also heard a study that said, um, if you, if you pull people. And they say uh, that they're Christians, but they don't read their Bible, but like once a week or whatever, then they have high anxiety levels. And then they said they did the poll with two days a week, three days a week. And they said the only, the only um, day a week, how many days a week that there was a, a marked difference in the anxiety levels and the peace of people who were reading their Bible was four days a week. That if they read their Bibles four days a week, they saw a dramatic difference in wow. people who, who said that they had anxiety or things like that. Wow, you know, And we don't even show up to the table. Yeah. But the answer for anxiety, we're looking for the answer for anxiety in Netflix. We're looking for it. all these other places. We're trying to numb this anxiety that we're feeling. And the only place you can do that is at the table the yeah. word of
0: god. No, for sure. And uh which takes me to the next point of, you know, that next section in the study was uh the battle for our minds. Yeah. And um yeah. Like yeah. I mean, he literally talks about how so many people in so many religions and churches completely ignore the spiritual realm and they don't know that we are fighting a spiritual battle right in our minds. Yeah. You know, the, the enemy is that war for your thoughts yes. and for your mind. And so when you can take control of your mind, you can take control of yourself. You can take control of your schedule. You can take control of your children. Yeah. It's a domino effect when you can take control of your mind. Right. You know, but I mean, your mind can literally take you places mm-hmm. to where you don't need to be, you know, into depression, yeah. Into you know uh, so many different um, failed, ske- failed schedules because for me, right. I'll get wrapped up in believing lies of the enemy and fighting these battles in my mind, and I just get discouraged. Mm-hmm. And when you live in discouragement, you get you get lazy, you get mm-hmm. um, you are not content, right? You lose your um, drive, motivation, and your yep. drive. Yeah, exactly. And so um, one of the ways that f- for me personally to battle the spiritual war going on in my mind is to get in the word, get in the word and, and learn right. what the word says about you, who you are, what you're supposed to do, what you're called to do. And I feel like it just takes control of everything. It does. You yeah. know, it changes the dynamic it of your rewires. life.
1: It's, it's like those mice. Yeah. When you have the word constantly coming in, it will rewire those things in your, in your mind and your thought process yeah. is what it does. And that's does. good because if not, you're, you might be a person that's always on the negative. Yep. But if you can get the word of God in and you can say, well, the word says to think on things that are true, noble, lovely, pure of good report. Don't think about the things that are
0: wrong. Like it's a, yeah. it's a exercise for your yeah. mind. Yeah. Really. And it's just like with anything and with Real exercise that I know nothing about So I'm not going to act like an expert in it But once you do it And you keep doing it, it becomes more natural say that they like
1: it yeah. People
0: say, I do not I've, I've never used it. I've never done it that long I've always wanted to be The type of person that like has a workout Schedule, Yeah. but the thought of adding Anything else to my schedule gives me Anxiety, so I'm like <laughs> Not happening yeah. But they, it's always really Hard at first. Um, it's always really hard at first, but then you get into a schedule right. and it becomes a part of your routine. You're and talking about getting easier. in the word, exercising. Yeah. Oh, exercise. But also getting but in the word. <laughs> a, a comparison to right. once you start getting into your word right. and exactly. it becomes a part of your schedule. It starts becoming natural. It is a part of who I am. And you will notice, this is, I've said this with Cass, like we um,
1: have recently taken Cass off of TV. Well, at the beginning of the year, we did this. And um, then I got really lax about it. And so we had this event this weekend and (laughs) Keisha was like, "Uh, Cass has been in rare form today. I (laughs) didn't have him. My mother-in-law, Keisha's mom had him. And um, I was like, oh, God. And I, I told her, I was like, yeah, we've been noticing that re- recently, but I think it was because I got really lax with the TV thing. Because you're busy. And what I do is that he'll be in a good streak, and I'll be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll I'll let him reintroduce these things to his life and his tiny little mind. Mm. And then I notice how big of a difference it was whenever he's back behaving the way that he was. And I feel like in my life, when I'm um, in the word of God continuously, it's the same way. Like I don't always notice when I'm in the good streak, how much of a positive impact it's it's making on my life. But when I remove it, and then I can see the contrast between now my thoughts are always angry. Like I'm quicker to be a- a- aggravated. I'm yep. quicker to be discouraged. I'm quicker to be all these things. I notice, I know it is, it's absence, Yep, you know? And so yeah. I, I have noticed that to be true in my personal life.
0: So I don't know. Well, what it says though, too, leads right into the next part was the, the path to victory. So how do we win this? Right. How do we, how do we fight from victory, like the Lord says, and it says to put on the full armor of God. And that's, um, if you want to look it up, it's in Ephesians 6 10 through 18. And it talks about what is the armor of God. And when you're sitting at that table and you're in your word and you're seeking God, you're placing on your armor every day because it's a lie from the pit of hell to believe that the enemy's not going to come against you. Right. So, what are you doing to prepare for when he comes against you? Yeah. And so, a, a, a you know, when you're getting ready for war, you're putting, putting on armor to protect you from the flying things coming at you.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's a it's a barrier. It's a protection there. So when you sit down every morning, every evening, whenever your time is, you're putting on that armor of protection from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's so vital and it's so important to do that. Because I couldn't imagine going into war with nothing. Yeah. Like just imagine it's just you and your clothes and you're headed out yeah. to the battlefield. David always says, butt naked on the battlefield yeah a helmet
1: of salvation, but we're butt naked on. you the got battle. your helmet of
0: salvation, and, and that's I mean, what a lot
1: of people do, we stop at salvation. oh, this
0: culture, everybody's saved. I <clears> mean, right, everybody is saved. if you ask, everybody loves Jesus. I know
1: recently, my friend uh we have a, a friend of ours that's dating a new guy, and um I was asking the friend of the friend. So what do we think about him? And Mm -hmm. they were like, well, he's a Christian. And I'm like, well, you can park yourself in a car, in a garage, but that does not make you a car. Yeah. You know, so it's true. What fruit?
0: Yeah. I mean, really these days, everybody's a Christian. Everybody's saved. No one's going to, you're not really going to meet a whole lot of people that are going to say they don't believe in God or there's a few, there is a few, but they're few and far between. And so my thing is, is just know that there is a difference. Yeah, let's just picture a someone in combat going with their helmet, mm-hmm. helmet of salvation into war with no gun, no chest plate, nothing mm-hmm. to protect any other part of their body. You're going to be wiped out. Right. You're going to get taken out no questions asked so what are those other armors and what is it and I want you know I encourage you to go study that Mm -hmm. go study what are those other armors and what can I be putting on daily to protect myself from the enemy because he's coming
1: yeah so it's the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the truth the belt of truth um, the the feet um, shod with the gospel of peace and then the shield which is the shield of faith yep And so you think about those things, and you're like the breastplate of righteousness. It protects your heart. Righteousness, right living with God, right standing with God protects your heart. Yep. So, like, those are the kind of ways that you you put on the armor put on yes you don't literally just read it and go okay oh, well, i have it. put on the the righteousness of uh the breastplate of righteousness and then i go out and live my
0: life however i want to you put it on with right living you put it on by action yes exactly faith That's without so work good. Yeah. yeah but um no that was that was really good the um What I think is so, so important and that definitely needs to be addressed is uh, that God's invitation always stands, no matter where you are in your story, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you've been through, what you've done, what lies the enemy has allowed you to believe, the invitation always stands. That's so good. It always stands. Yeah, he talked about condemnation versus conviction in that part.
1: And... um, You know, the difference between condemnation and conviction is condemnation, I think, in a lot of ways pushes you from God and Mm -hmm. conviction draws you to him. Yeah. Because conviction goes, okay, I messed up. I need to get right with God. Yeah. Condemnation makes you feel like you can't get right with God. Condemnation
0: brings shame and conviction will bring redemption. Brings change. Right. That's good. No, I love that. And I love that that. I love so much that that was even a part of this, because you know that there are going to be people that read this book that maybe they haven't been sitting at the table Mm -hmm. or maybe they, you know, don't feel welcome at the table. And it's like it doesn't even like God is so we have this poor conception of who God is in this culture, you know, that he's the big guy on the throne, ready to hit you over the head. If you do something wrong and he's a God full of grace, he's a God full of love. And Mm -hmm. I mean, his mercy is new every morning. so So it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. Your invitation is the same as mine this morning, right? Your we invi- have the
1: same invitation, the invitation that like the apostle Paul had.
0: Absolutely. How cool
1: is that? We have this we have the same invitation invitation oh, God, that yeah. David had. Yep. King David. We have the same one that Noah had. Yep. We have that invitation. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Absolutely. So, like, you think of somebody that you know that's super holy, my grandma. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have the same mm-hmm. invitation as Meemaw. <laughs> yeah. I always said, Meemaw lives on the ranch with us, and I'm always like, all right, if we wake up and Meemaw's clothes are laying on the couch, we know we didn't make it. <laughs> she did. Like, the sure, How sure sign. How would that
1: be for her to do, for like, an April Fool's prank? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would panic.
0: <laughs> but I always said. We should get her to do it to, like, Josh and Caleb. <laughs> She's gone, but I said that's going to be the sure sign for us that if me clothes are ever laying out in the garden, yeah, we miss the mark. We miss the boat because <laughs> she did not miss yeah. the boat. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah,
1: and the other thing I wrote down for that that chapter and that point was the enemy wants you to feel isolated, and I remember mm-hmm. that being a huge theme of that section. Was that the enemy? Like, my big takeaway was that one of his tactics is to not make you want to come, not make you want to confess, not make you want to confide in anybody because he wants you to feel like you're the only one who has ever.
0: Yep. You know, which is a lie. Yeah. It's a lie from the pit of hell. There are things that are. There's nothing you have done that somebody hasn't done. Right. That God has not
1: but there's nothing forgiven. you've done that God has already forgiven that God has not already forgiven you for. Yeah, it's done.
0: Yeah. All you yeah. have to
1: do is accept it. Yep.
0: That's and so then good. the
1: other the last point that we have is that um in the presence of our enemies God is enough. And that was one thing I wanted to say before we certainly like
0: wrapped it up is why is the table in our the presence of our enemies? Yeah. Okay, so that that was that. And this was probably my second favorite section, because it does make you wonder, like I said, at the very beginning, we would get here is why is the table in the presence of the enemies? And he made um, three points in that. So his three points were so that you would know that God is enough. That's good. His second point was, is so your enemies will know that God is enough because they're witnessing God. Right. They're witnessing God change your life because they're watching. Yeah. And then the third one is so, um, so that we can allow our cup to overflow. That's good. And so... I imagined and pictured being at this table and God pouring into me and me reading my word and pouring and pouring. And then I imagine my enemies standing around and eventually you're so full, it's overflowing mm-hmm. out of you and it's getting on them. Right. And it's so I thought that was so, so cool because. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have people that don't like you. Not everybody's going to like everybody. And that's hard. And so um, my goal is that I'm so full of Christ and that I I am an image of who he is, that the love that he has for me overflows to people and that they feel that when you're in conversation or when I'm in conversation with them. And so I loved that he said, I put you in the presence of your enemies for, for many reasons but one to be so you would know God is enough. And I think that if I'm sitting at a table with the Lord and I'm reading and I'm seeking and I'm I'm taking in all that God has for me, when I look out at the enemy, which is the world and all the things coming at me, they seem so dim in comparison right. to who He is. Right.
1: That's so good, you know.
0: And to keep my focus on Him, mm-hmm. to keep my focus in the Word, and although those enemies and are prowling around, they can't touch me. Right. You know, they can. They can only go as far as God will allow them, yeah. and He's already prepared me for it. Yeah. You know, so, so it's good. like. What can what can he do? Yeah.
1: If God be for me, who could be against me? Absolutely. I really just like the contrast of like picturing like a war raging and a peaceful table in the middle yep. of a raging war. Yep. And I think that's what we need to really also know is that God doesn't always stop the war nope. for you to have peace. No. Nope. God will give you peace in war. Peace in the middle of it. Peace in the storm. Peace in all those things. And so we need to understand that. God does not have to fix our situation for us to, to glean from him. You know what I mean? Like just if we can't um, measure God's movement in our life by how well our life is going, I guess if that's how how you want to say that, like, you know, I may, I may not get my prayer answered the way that I want it to be answered. Yeah. But God, you are still good. You're still
0: good. Yeah. Even if, Mm -hmm. even if, and that's what I think that table in the middle of the enemies does for us. Yeah. Well, and my prayer is that as you're listening to this, that you feel encouraged, yeah. that you feel not hopeless, but just encouraged to find your place, to find your table, to find your right. spot, get in the word and, um, and win the war, Right. you know, cause we, he's already won. Yeah. Just get on board. Yeah. You know, so don't give the enemy a seat at your table. <laughs> Before you go, don't forget to register for SFL Conference. Spots are limited and going quickly. To secure your spot and for more information, follow the link in the description.